Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between, this is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. It is another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. I am Brandon Bainey, and joining us for the first time in a long time, I'm very uh, happy to bring in Ryan Skaggs. Ryan, good to see you. What's going on? Not much. I'm uh, back with the living. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a few weeks, so I'm glad to be back. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, if you are watching the video of this on IdahoSports.com, you can see Ryan, but it's going to be uh, kind of lagging a little bit. His internet is uh, not feeling well today, so <laughs> it's going to be it'll be all right. The audio sounds good, so if you're if you uh, have the audio of this at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, you're not going to notice anything. But if you're watching the video on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll see Ryan kind of lagging and moving in slow motion, which I guess is probably you know we talked about this before we hop on i didn't know how much you wanted to talk about it but you've been gone for a couple of weeks if you want to tell people where you've been um and, and what's been going on yeah i had COVID. i mean then it was it sucked so um i mean i'm slowly getting back to it i mean you could say to an extent that like you know i've got like some lengthy symptoms of it but um or i guess side effects that have, have still been hitting me a little bit so um yeah it's made like doing play-by-play obviously very difficult because not having lung capacity is is something that's been um, something I'm working through, which is good. I mean, I'm still on some medications and stuff that's helping with that. But um, I'll take what I can get and be back on the podcast for sure and and uh, hopefully get back in the driver's seat on Friday nights doing football. Um, you know, we'll see if we can do it this Friday. If we can, I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But I can't make any promises to anybody yet because I don't know how I'm, how I'm feeling and if I'm going to have a coughing attack or whatever. So it's been – um, it's been a long process and it's stunk, but you know, it's, it, you know, I'm open about what I'd had and, and, um, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do or what not to do. So, um, that's entirely up to them, but yeah, I had to take some time off because I was not feeling the, uh, the greatest. So I'm, I'm slowly coming back and, and getting back. And so it's, it's good to kind of have this, you know, sports stuff come back into the forefront and, um, you know, it's, it's good because it gives me some normalcy. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Um, but Craig yeah, did an awesome job filling in too, and 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 the coach at, at Mullen. So I, I want to give them props for for jumping in on short notice and and helping out too. So yeah, and, and Craig is a busy guy. You know, he's got a little one that he's looking after all day, and so it's yeah, it was nice for Craig to be able to fit us into his schedule for sure. So I'm just glad that you're 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 doing better and you're doing okay. And this 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 will be a good test run to see how you hold up for this. And then yeah, like you said, maybe eventually transition back to a two-hour game right yeah yeah exactly so it uh i mean i still get the the random you know if i get a cough or two you'll you'll hear it obviously but that's why so yeah i was out i was out with that but um it's been affecting a lot of people and so you know it's just kind of one of those things that we have to deal with now and so um i'd take care of me first and as bad as i've wanted to do some of these games it's just been not possible so yeah um but yeah, no, I'm back today and we get to talk sports. So I'm happy to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we're, we're 
feeling the effects of COVID around the state, especially up up north. Again, this is the North Idaho prep cast where we're talking about District 1 athletics. St. Mary's has been shut down for some time, Ryan, um, and they are continuing to be shut down until October 11th, which has really uh, thrown the schedule into chaos a little bit with what's going on at St. Mary's, particularly in football and soccer, where there are not as many dates to work around. So, Yeah. You start getting later in the year and it's harder to reschedule things and move stuff around. And, um, you know, Wes, I think we saw it a little bit last week, too, between Mullen and St. Regis was supposed to play Kootenai. Um, there was some injuries, too, but there was some some illness going around as well in that game. And I believe that's why it was forfeited. Um, and then also, I think uh, Priest River ran into that with Orfino on Friday as well. And so. Uh, Priest River picks up their first win, and it's probably not the way that they want to do it because you actually want to legitly play the game that you've been practicing to do. But um, to get their first win in what three years um, by winning over the forfeit over Orfino, so um, yeah. yeah, it's affecting it's affecting a lot of teams around here in a lot of schools. No doubt. Well, let's yeah, let's start the conversation with the one A football since you kind of led into it. Mullen St. Regis beats Kootenai two nothing in the forfeit. Of course, uh, the, the big matchup two weeks ago, Ryan was Wallace finally playing Lakeside for the first time this year. It was a big crazy shootout. Lakeside won it late, and the the news that came out last week is that next year for football only, Wallace and Lakeside will actually be competing at the one A D two level. So now you've got kind of this five team conference with Mullen. Clark Fork and Kootenai along with Wallace and Lakeside. I think that's going to be a really fun conference. That'll be um, super competitive for sure. I mean, what we've seen Clark Fork do this year, I think is surprising a lot of people and they've been super competitive. I mean, they played wall, they beat Wallace this last week, but you know, playing, playing Mullen State Reach is tough. And um, so, yeah, for a five team conference to be formed in, in North Idaho, yeah, heck yeah. Let's let's see that happen and, and they let the cream rise to the top. I think, you know, it's going to help one for the playoff picture, obviously. But um, any more competition thrown into that conference, I think will help all teams. So especially with, you know, the, what you talked about with the, the Mullen St. Regis coach about, you know, they've got a couple classes left where they're going to still have some kids in the school. So there's going to be, you know, that that competition level will still be there. Um you know, I'd like I'd love to see that moving forward. I mean, the, the reclassification thing, I know, threw a wrench in a lot of things down south. It didn't really affect up north too much. Um, but other than this league forming, I think is going to be going to be pretty awesome. That'd be great for all teams. Yeah. So you mentioned it. Clark Fork beat Wallace last week, 48 32. The Wampus Cats are four and one. Their only loss is to Mullen St. Regis. And that, they, that might be the only blemish on their resume the entire way through. And yet, a lot of times up north in District One, it's a one bid league, right? Only because there's such a small number of teams. So I'm hoping that maybe with this five team conference forming, you might get that second team from District One into the playoffs a chance for a second team to to go in and, and really show what they can do you know i'm still not ruling out clark fork if they can run the table getting a high enough rating to get a get a bid get an at large and maybe great to see if that happens um i don't know necessarily on the 1a d2 level how many at larges are available um for the playoff picture but if they can get in um it would be awesome but yeah i mean like you said i think if you get a five-team conference they're going to get two bids and that definitely helps the playoff picture for the teams up north because, I mean, how it would be so disappointing if you have a Clark Fork team with one loss and a, you know, say Mullen St. Marie just runs the table too. 
Um, and they have their one loss, obviously, being out of state. Um, you know, both teams are more than deserving, I think, to get a shot in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, moving forward, it's, you know, next year if that happens and that's the case and you get, like, the lakesides thrown into the mix too, that's going to, one, help scheduling. But, two, it's going to help that playoff picture kind of clear up and, and get the second bid. Yeah, so when you look at the 1AD2 bracket, that is the only bracket that is predetermined. And they say we're taking oh. this amount from this league and this amount from this league, and there's no at-larges. So in yeah. District yeah. 1 only yeah. gets the one yeah. the one team, which is just unfortunate, I think, because I do think Clark yeah. Fork probably could stack up to some of these third, fourth-place teams from other leagues. But Oh, absolutely. They've had an awesome season, so you know they can't knock anything because they're doing everything they're asked to do. I mean, Mullen St. Regis is a great ball club. Um, that plays solid, solid eight-man football. So, you know, it. you don't want to fault the Wampus Cats for doing anything wrong this year. But, I mean, gosh, you'd love to see them get a look if they're going to go, you know, say seven and one. Like, you want to see them get the chance to maybe make some noise against a third-place team from another conference. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the 3A Intermountain League now, Ryan. Uh, when, it comes <laughs> to the, when it comes to the playoffs this year, they get two teams in, which means there's going to be a really good team left at home because between Bonners Ferry and Kellogg and Timberlake, I mean, it. we're finally going to get into conference play, and it's going to be really fun to watch these teams duke it out. Now, if you look at just the results from last week, it's not going to look super impressive, right? Timberlake lost to Lakeland 50 to nothing, and Kellogg played out of state, played Frenchtown High School from Montana and lost 38 to 23. But Frenchtown's a solid team and they've always been yeah. solid. Yep. They're they're a really good program. And so I I'm I'm still I still don't know how this race is going to shake out in, in the Intermountain League, but we're finally going to find out this week as the big game is Kellogg at Bonner's Ferry. Yeah. And you know, I think that this thing shakes out. We'll really see this test. Um, what is Kellogg? I think is where we'll kind of see it a little bit. I think we'll find out more about Kellogg than we do about Bonners. Um, just because Kellogg's schedule, um, not necessarily, I mean, other than the Frenchtown game that we saw last week, not really having that one marquee test. And, I mean, St. Mary's, as we've seen, has is down this year. Orfino, we're finding out, is down too. Um, there's been some injuries on both teams as well. So I know that there's been or COVID issues. Um, so they, they've been without some of their, their better players. But this will be a good test. I think, you know, like we've talked about, and I know Craig talked about Kellogg. They've got a couple of the better players in the in the area. I don't care what classification you're talking about. Um, their Luna, their quarterback, is a stud. Um, so it'll be a test for Bonner's Ferry on defense for sure, um, just to see what they're able to accomplish. Um, on that defensive side of the ball and actually see what they can do in offense. I think, you know, we haven't seen a high scoring output from them for Bonners Ferry. So it'll be interesting to see what they're able to put together. But Kellogg on offense, we know what they can do. Um, but this thing, I think, you know, in the IML, it's going to shake out like a bar brawl. Like, let's really, let's be honest. And then, you know, we're looking at next week uh, where we're going to have what Timberlake and Kellogg next week. So, um, you know, you get like three weeks of solid football and then Timberlake and Bonners Ferry at the end of the year, you don't know how that one's going to shake up either. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. And I think, you know, with two bids coming from that conference, there's a couple teams that can make some noise for sure. Yeah, it's almost like this Kellogg-Bonners game is a is an elimination game, if you think about oh, it that way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, 
yeah. it's it's going to be fun to watch. Bonner's Ferry might be a little more battle tested. You mentioned Kellogg's uh, strength of schedule. They've played some two A teams. They played Corvallis High School from Montana, which dude is a Montana guy. They they're bad. <laughs> they're bad. My alma yeah. mater, Stevensville High School, is one of the worst teams in the state, and they beat Corvallis. That gives you an idea <laughs> how, how bad they are. So <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's, uh, you know, that 3A one. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody goes one and one. Like, that's one thing, too, that you don't, you look at it and it's like, you think about it, it's like, man, we could end up in a tiebreak. Like, we really legitimately could end up in a tiebreak. And Can, which would throw a whole other monkey into the, you know, mix. But yeah. Do, do you know, and I don't know this off the top of my head, and maybe you don't either, because each conference kind of leaves tiebreakers up to their own devices. But if if that happened, if there was a three-way tie and every team had beaten each other and they all beat Priest River, let's assume, and there's no no other common opponents, what do we do? Is it is it the Kansas City playoff where they I all meet up on so, a Monday? I know, that we almost, I know that in the IEL, when I was at Lakeland, we almost ended up in the same situation. And um luckily i think it was sandpoint pulled a rabbit out of their hat and beat moscow that one year and it got rid of the kansas city tiebreak um but yeah i mean i'm not sure up here i'll have to ask because that that raises a great question i might reach out to coach albie and see if he he can answer that question for me if, if it ends up in that situation because um it would be pretty cool to see a kansas city tiebreak i mean i haven't seen one in a long time but you know it's a definite possibility if they all go one and one, I don't know what the tie break, if they go based off of the, the max preps rating or, or what they use. But um, you know, if that's the case, then it's kind of settled. I think it would be Timberlake and, and uh, Kellogg, but I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you start running into some, some weird scenarios when you start getting later in the year. Yeah. Uh, and, and for those that aren't familiar, the Kansas city playoff or Kansas city tiebreaker is basically, it's kind of like a jamboree, right? All three teams get together. One team starts at the you know, 25. It's, it's, or over, it's essentially overtime. Yeah. You play, yeah. You play overtime yeah. against everybody. We had, <laughs> right. We had one last year, actually in the three, a ranks, Ryan and district six, uh, sugar Salem and South Fremont and Teton, all beat each other and that's only a three-team league so they all had to meet up on a monday and and uh, duke it out and that was kind of fun to watch so and we we had that we had that broadcast on idahosports.com last year as well so that was it's 45 minutes of madness that's exactly what it is i mean you show up for 45 minutes and it's like all right let's let's you know it's like having the old school smokers that they talked about back in the 70s where you'd go to somebody's garage and try to settle things (laughs) (laughs) yeah no doubt. No doubt. Uh, okay. So uh, that's kind of the 3A, 2A, 1A look at, in terms of what's going on football wise. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back and tell you what's going on in the Inland Empire League, those 5A, 4A schools, because we're this week, Ryan, we're finally diving into conference play there and we'll finally know once and for all, you know, where teams stand. So uh, you are tuning, uh, watching, and or listening to the North Idaho Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. We'll be back right after this. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Back on the North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bain with Ryan Skaggs. All right, let's dive into Inland Empire League action. 4A, 5A. Let's start with the... 
I guess let's start with Sandpoint because they're the team now that they're they're ranked third in the media poll in this week's media poll. I've I've had Sandpoint in my top five pretty consistently all season. They're three and two with a twenty-eight to thirteen win over Lake City. Sandpoint Ryan went three and one against the five A Inland Empire. Yeah, they would be the second place team in five A. Yeah, um, they're only they only <laughs> lost to Coeur d'Alene on that last minute field goal by Braden Bankston. Yeah, so. Um, you know, you look at the four picture as it looks right now. I mean, it looks muddy. It looks just like the IML. Obviously, nobody's played each other yet, so you don't really know. I mean, Lakeland's four and three, Sandpoint's three and two, Moscow's at three and three. Sandpoint, we I think we have a more clear picture on who they are versus the other two teams. Um offensively, I mean, they it, it all goes through Garrett Cox. And he had a monster game last week against a much improved Lake City team. I'll give Lake City credit. They're playing better football. Um, you know, I it, and then you get five A numbers just kind of work their way through, and I think there's a few injuries here and there. I noticed a couple names that were left off the the stat sheet um, this last week for Sandpoint, so I know that there was a couple new kids that were out there, but um, they do have some depth with which helps them um, at certain positions, especially up front on the offensive line. But um, yeah, like I'm like I said, I mean, it, it all goes through Garrett Cox. And we know we know Parker Pettit can can take over a game too, but we really haven't seen it this year. Um, I think we see flashes of it, but but you know who can stop Garrett Cox? And if and if, if Lakeland's defense is is stout enough, I think they can slow him down a little bit. And then if their offense shows up, like we've seen a couple of times this year, um, they've been able to blow up the scoreboard a little bit. And we saw it last week with Timberlake, but Timberlake and, and Sandpoint are two totally different ball clubs. Um, it's, you know, Sandpoint, I still think is the favorite, obviously to win it, to win the conference. Um, I look at things and I'm, and I'm, I, they got to have a playmaker show up besides Garrett Cox. I think that's going to be the, the limiting factor in state playoffs is who else is going to show up and start taking the reins and, uh, and take a little bit of the pressure off. Cause you get some of those other teams, especially, you know, down in district three, um, or even five and six, if they meet one of those teams in the playoffs, they're going to be able to have a couple athletes. They're going to be able to run with Garrett. Um, Homedale certainly kept him under under wraps, and we saw what happened there. So, and Homedale's a great team too. I mean, for a three A team, good grief, they're good. But um, yeah, I mean, they just play sound football. I mean, the one thing that Sandpoint, you know, in their losses, I mean, they turned the ball over a couple times, and that was the limiting factor. When you're so run heavy, you can't turn the ball over, and if you do you're kind of setting yourself back because you start playing defense with your offense against your own team. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, let's talk about Sandpoint just for a second when it comes to the playoffs because, you know, the big picture Sandpoint, they've got the team that they think can go on a deep run. If you look at the max absolutely. preps ratings right now, Ryan, because that's how they'll seed this this out, right? Each each district gets its representation, but then all six – and there's four at-large bids. But – once all 16 teams have been selected, they're then seeded one through 16. Now, the five conference champs automatically get the top five seeds, which means standpoint, if they win the IEL, they're going to be at home at least for a little while. But here's where it gets interesting. When you look at the max preps ratings right now, Sandpoint is ranked third in the entire state for 4A. They're only behind Skyline and Pocatello. Now, Skyline may not win their conference. They lost to Blackfoot earlier this year. Blackfoot, though, is stuck at number nine right now because they're three and three. They keep losing out of conference. So you take away Skyline and you're talking about Sandpoint potentially as a one or two seed because of that strength of schedule, which means they may not have to leave home until 
we get to a championship. You know, and, and to Sandpoint's credit, they scheduled really smart. I mean, they scheduled all the 5A teams, obviously. Um, and, and you know, the Homedale game, even if they lost, still wasn't going to hurt them because they knew what Homedale was. I mean, we know that they're the state title contender in 3A. It's not going to hurt the rating playing that game. It's a good test. Um, so I don't, I don't not, I mean, I think Sandpoint, if they get the one or two seed, good grief. I mean, that, I mean, then you're looking at a potential state championship or semifinal game being played in the Kiwi Dome. Um, you know, they don't have to travel much. I like any, any team's chance that doesn't have to go on the road and go 450, 500 miles, uh, to play a first or second round game. I'm going to give them the edge, you know, especially if they get a host, um, in North Idaho, get a host, a playoff game. Um, but we don't know what the, the meat grinder down in the SIC is going to look like. I mean, 4A there is good grief in District 3. Any team's going to beat the snot out of one of the other ones any night. You, you never know. But Emmett's a solid team. Emmett could beat, you know, if, if I don't have they played, uh, I don't know if Emmett's played Bishop Kelly yet, have they? Uh, so Emmett, Emmett beat Bishop Kelly, That's right. um, but they still play Middleton. So. Middleton, yeah. So, and that, and that game's a toss up too. I mean, if Middleton pulls a surprise and beats Emmett, the picture really down there doesn't get much more clear. It helps certainly would help Sandpoint um, for yes. their case if they're if they're able to run the table. If Emmett runs the table, I think Emmett jumps them eventually by the end of the year. But you know, you never know what happens. But Sandpoint's a great team. If they're going to be a top two seed, I love their chances because they're going to host more playoff games, um, and then obviously keep at least a semifinal up north. So I mean, that'd be yeah. It, definitely a key situation for them that looking forward, they can't overlook any week, obviously with, with Moscow and Lakeland coming up down the stretch. Um, I don't, you know, they've got a bye week, I believe this week, they're not playing anybody. So um, they get to sit back and watch Moscow and Lakeland tra- trade blows and see who comes out of that one um, Friday night. Yeah, so, so let's talk about Lakeland, a 50 to nothing win over Timberlake. They're real Jekyll and Hyde this year. I feel like, Sometimes they'll come out and look really good and really dominant. Other times you're like, man. Devin Suko had an awesome week. And, you know, he was the, the Coeur d'Alene Press player of the week, and he had an awesome game. I mean, four total touchdowns. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I think he had like five tackles for loss and an interception against Timberlake too. He plays two ways. I mean, quarterback and linebacker. But um, t- Lakeland – you know, we talked about their O-line earlier, and we we're like, hey, Lakeland's going to be – and I said it. I think I said it. Lakeland will be okay. They just have to figure things out up front. Their defense is actually pretty darn stout. We saw – I mean, they pitch a shutout against a Timberlake team. <coughs> Excuse me. They can score. But, um, you know, the question mark was on offense early in the year. I think they're figuring some things out. I think post-falls has probably made the most jump of any team I've seen as far as from what they were at the beginning to what they are right now. I think Blaine's got his team fixed. So, like, I don't really look at that post-Falls game as an indicator of what Lakeland is. I think it was more like, you know, just the the numbers game. I think that they got – they were competitive at half, and then they just got outgassed in the second half. Um, you know, if Lakeland can can beat Moscow, I think they they got a good shot at make, maybe a not-in-large bid um, for the playoffs if they can get the win on, on Friday night. If they lose, I think they're certainly out. But, um, you know, I like their chances against Moscow just because of the balance they, they possess. Their running game is solid. But now they're able to get the passing game going a little bit, too, with Waddington and um, Calder is getting involved on offense with in the receiving game, not just rushing. Um, and they're getting a lot of good work out of, out of Cornish as well, running the ball. So if they can protect, I mean, I see them beating Moscow by a couple touchdowns on Friday. 
Yeah, Moscow, I think, is just not quite there yet. Uh, Lakeland, uh, so there's four at-large teams that get bid here. There's also an automatic bid that goes to either the second-place team from Districts 1 and 2 or the second-place team from District 5. Now, right now, Lakeland trails in that category to Preston, a team that beat them head-to-head in that season opener, yeah. uh, that 7-6 to six game that could come back to haunt Lakeland as Preston is 4-2, and two, very strong, and could get that quote-unquote automatic bid but lakeland as you mentioned a great chance for an at-large as long as they continue to win so i think they've uh, got they obviously have to win friday and then they've got to be competitive against sandpoint otherwise they're not getting in yep so let's talk about the 5a uh Coeur d'Alene very quietly, you know, just finally got back into the media poll and the coaches poll this week. They hadn't been in the coaches poll or media poll since They've been sitting there like Rodney Dangerfield. They just can't get any respect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously, they have played such a difficult schedule. They welcomed in the Ferris Saxons from Spokane uh, this past Friday and won 48 nothing. You know, nothing new for Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, and, and, you know, Coach Amos is doing such a great job with that team. I think early on, I mean, we obviously saw what happened down in Southern Idaho um, when they played Lehigh. And then the next week they had Sandpoint struggled a little bit on offense. They're finding their identity. Um, Braden Banks has really settled down and he's been able to really take command of the offense and he's getting, and they're getting their playmakers. You know, I think they wanted to rely heavily on the rushing game with Gunner, uh, Julio, but, they've kind of figured out like, no, let's get him in the passing game, get him out in the slot and, and find, you know, get those mismatches against linebackers that just can't cover him. Um, and I mean, he went off this last week against Ferris. I mean, good grief. He had what 163 total yards, 114 receiving with three TDs. I mean, that was a, a hell of a ball game for him. And then Banks and, you know, the, the master of efficiency, he was 12 of 18 for 221 and, and four TDs. So with no interceptions, I mean, that was a, a great game and a, a masterpiece by him. So, you know, Coeur I think, has figured it out, and they've beat those tough teams like, um, you know, going over to Seattle and taking care of business over there and, and then coming back home and, and playing a tougher schedule. I mean, I'm, gosh, I wish that they would have played Mount Spokane to really see that game because I think that would have been an ultimate test. Um, Mount Spokane is very comparable to a lot of those SIC teams, the 5 A's. Um, they play very similar ball to like a Rocky Mountain or a Mountain View where they can run the ball really well, um, but they can also hurt you with the passing game. Um, you know, and uh, in that 5A picture, I think I mentioned it to you. I said, keep an eye on Lewiston this year. And, um, you know, look at them. They're sitting there five and one and uh, knocking on the door. I think that late late this year, I think that, you know, we'll see this is the real test there. Lewis and obviously has won losses to Sandpoint. So, and that was, you know, a late, late in the fourth quarter <clears throat> situation. But um, going back to Coeur d'Alene, the one thing they've really, I've noticed, that's like gaudy, is their defense is absolutely dominant right now. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, I think in our season preview that they could be pretty good. That secondary is, I mean, they're shut down. They are locked in, and uh, they're limiting teams. I believe they held Ferris to minus four yards passing. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know of a team that you can hold a team into a negative passing other than, you know, they throw like three screens and, you know, one of them gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage for a loss. So, um, <clears throat> and Ferris, obviously, I think was it without, you know, one of their better players, but, um, you know, still beating a team like that, you know, caliber from the GSL in Spokane. 
you know, Coeur d'Alene's going to make some noise. I don't know what else they have to do for people to notice what they're doing now, but I think Amos kind of likes it that way, um, is that they're just going to kind of quietly ease into the picture. And then they could go down and, and, you know, if they get, you know, they'll host a playoff game, obviously, in the first round. Um, if they have to travel because of the ratings, I don't know what it's going to shake up like on the max prep side of things. Um, you may have that number in front of yeah. you. I don't know. But, so so 5A, but, uh, 5A is kind of like the 1A D2 where it's all kind of predetermined. So on the, on the bracket. So it's not like you're getting yeah. seeded 1 through 12. It's just wherever you're at. So I will say if Coeur d'Alene does win the league, they get a home game in the quarterfinals and also a home game in the semifinals, which would be huge. That would be massive. Yeah, yep. absolutely massive. Um, you know, so and I don't want to say like Lewiston doesn't pose a I – mean, I don't want to write it off saying Coeur d'Alene's the lock. Go ahead and put them in at the one seed. Um, I just don't think Lewiston's got the firepower to keep up with them. And, you know, but stranger things happen. Obviously, they still have to play post falls in Lake City too, but um, which that game will be Friday night, the Lake City Coeur d'Alene game. Um, but yeah, you get to host a quarter in a semi game in the playoffs. I mean, I like their chances. Like, I mean, they get a puncher's chance in any week. And you know that the 5A teams in, in District 3 and 5 and 6 are just going to slobber knock each other every week. So you may get some weird finishes, especially later in the year, that surprise a lot of people. Um, you may get like a centennial that pulls a shocker over somebody. I mean, you never know um, down there. So it just kind of ends up how the week looks and the injury pictures and stuff like that. But right now I do like their chances. I think that they're one of the final four teams um, in the playoffs. I think that they get to the semis. Um, you know, we saw them last year lose in the semis to the eventual champ, but um, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be an interesting picture. I think the next few weeks are going to say a lot about Coeur d'Alene, especially if they can beat Lewiston pretty handily. Yeah, and, and I think uh, in the 5A bracket, 12 teams get in. 11 of the 12 are already predetermined. There's one at large bid. So the North gets two teams in automatically. So it's going to be Coeur d'Alene and, and either probably who wins whoever wins this game. Post falls. Night, I mean, yeah, yeah, post falls at Lewiston. Now, I think whoever loses that game, whoever finishes third in the IEL still has a great chance at that at-large bid because at that point you're basically competing with the seventh best team from Boise. That's what it's going to yeah. come down to. Third and place. I'm, fourth, Bennett, I'm, I'm playing with house money, man. I'm going yeah, out every right. week and just throwing it on the table because uh, they got nothing to lose. Lewiston, I think, you know, at five and one, they've done what they can. I mean, that Sandpoint game was a, was a tough loss, but in a great game. But, you know, Puss Falls is sitting there on the outside looking in with uh, not a lot to lose. I mean, you had they weren't expected, I think, to, to finish, you know, like kind of where they're at right now is where I think people looked at them. Um, it was like kind of them and Lewis, and they could have been number two. But, um, you know, if they get in the playoffs, I think that they could they could get a win. The way they're playing right now, I don't know if I'd want to play them. I honestly don't. That offense is rolling right now. Yep. And so that'll be a big game uh, Friday night post falls at Lewiston. And again, we'll, we'll do this each week, Ryan, we'll kind of continue to assess the playoff picture and how teams are looking yeah. and where they're standing. But I liked this. Uh, the, the, we're into October now. So I think it's okay to start looking at the brackets and kind of trying oh, to figure sure. out where teams are going to slot in and things like that. So uh, before we wrap it up, yeah. I know you've also been paying attention to what's going on uh, soccer wise and, and volleyball wise up North. Uh, what do you what do you got to report on there? We're we're getting so, into soccer. Uh, yeah, soccer. Lake City Boys. Um, they won their first outright league title since 2018. 
they won three to two over Coeur d'Alene. They won yesterday over St. George's. They shut them out as a, a Spokane team. Um, it was a game that was moved from the front of the season. I think they moved it to this week. Um, but they're 15-0-1. Um, so, you know, the T-Wolves are, are rolling. Coeur d'Alene's 11-2. I mean, the playoffs, I don't I don't know in soccer what you're looking at, but the, the North is looking pretty good on the 5A side of things um, to make some noise. Lake City being undefeated with the one tie. Um, I like their chances. Obviously, Coast Falls boys defeated Coeur d'Alene Charter, but they're, they're definitely not in the playoff picture. Um, on girls soccer, Lake City defeated Coeur d'Alene thir- three to one, and then Post Falls girls volleyball. Um, they're the IEL champs. They defeated Moscow the other day, um, but they kind of sealed the deal between Lake City and Coeur d'Alene and how that one rolled out. So Post Falls is twenty two and six, obviously unranked, but um, you know volleyball in the state of Idaho, you never know. You can be unranked and come back and win a state championship. The playoffs and the state tournament for volleyball. Weird things happen. Um, Lakeland beat Coeur d'Alene on the 4A side of things. They're um, three three sets to one, and they're they're 16 and 13. Defending state champs, 13 losses. I'm not holding a huge grudge against them because they scheduled really heavy in the 5A. So, you know, the Lakeland girls could go to state and definitely trophy. I don't know if they're a state championship quality team, but also shout out to Katie Ryan, who was on that Lakeland team last year. She started against UCLA on Saturday for the Cougs. Uh, for Washington State, and they had an awesome game. So, shout out to her um, just on the college side of things. But, um, and then, uh, you know, North Idaho Sports, the picture kind of shaking out that it's a dogfight every week. I mean, Mullen beat Kootenai in a tie break, um, three to two. So, Mullen's 11 and two overall, I think, or no, sorry, I was looking at the wrong record, but Mullen's leading in that conference. So, it'll be interesting how things shake out in uh, some of the other sports. I know we talk a ton about football. But I do. I'm big on wanting to give some of the props to the other sports because, um, you know, the kids up here work really hard, and we at least want to recognize them. Yeah, and, and uh, boys and girls soccer, of course, Coeur d'Alene Charter at the 3A level just continue to impress and dominate. Yeah, we can. Bonner's Ferry, I think, is kind of sneaky in in boys and girls soccer this year too. Yeah, especially on the boys side. Yeah, yeah. Um, Coeur d'Alene Charter on the girls side, we know what they are. <laughs> they're, they're really stinking good. Um, but Bonner is on the boys' side, and soccer can make some noise. I mean, Cordelaine Charter, I think, is down a little bit. I don't know if they're going to win conference, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know if that's been settled yet. I think they still have to play one more time. Um, so we'll see how that one shakes up. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're getting pictures, I think, in all sports right now of kind of like going towards playoffs and what things are going to look like. So as we get closer to uh, state tournament time, um, it's going to be uh, an exciting next, like, three weeks of – of athletics for sure. Yeah. And while you were talking about the five, a soccer, I, I took a quick look at the, the five, a state brackets district champs uh, get to go. And then the second place uh, team from, from the five, a boys and girls will have to win a play in game to get the state. So could yeah, be so you got 11 and two quarter lane team playing a play in game. So one tells <laughs> you how things are going up here <laughs> as usual. Like you said, can't get no respect, right? Yeah. Right. We're all Rodney Dangerfield up here. Can't, can't get no respect. <laughs> <laughs> for sure well ryan it's been an absolute blast to have you back on we made it we made it through a show we did it i think i coughed twice so we're good <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well uh we we hope you continue to get better uh and, and we'll we'll be back next week to to talk about everything that happened as we're finally into conference playing football we'll we'll start to talk about postseason soccer volleyball wrapping up as well so it's a busy time uh yeah. ryan Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, great to be back. Absolutely. So uh, thanks for having me. 
Yeah, of course. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the North Idaho PrepCast uh, on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Maney. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.